Welcome to the Why Not Podcast with me, Chrissy Hawkins. In a world where everybody asks you why, I'm here to ask why not. So sit back and relax or walk and listen and join me on this journey as we try to answer this never-ending question. What makes people say why not? Hi guys, welcome back to Why Not? So today I have an interview with a strength and conditioning coach who works with athletes, but also most importantly, they actually work with horse riders too. So I know some people who listen to the podcast may not necessarily be horse riders, but they might take some, um, you know, some benefit from it. But if you are a horse rider and you have been thinking about strength and conditioning work or doing some fitness work, this episode is for you. And it's really good to talk to someone who works with these people as well, just to show that I'm not just sprouting shite. There is people out there who are working with them and he works with people at quite a high level as well. So I'm really excited to show this episode to you guys. I really hope you enjoy it and hopefully it helps you if you are looking to do some work on your fitness as a horse rider. Enjoy this episode, guys. Hey guys, welcome back to Why Not? So today I have a guest for you. It is James Crichton or Krabby. He may explain that uh, nickname for you. He may not, but welcome <laughs> to the podcast, James. How are you? I'm very well, Chrissy. How are you? Great. Thank you for coming on. Will you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So hello, everyone. Um, uh, yeah, I go by the name Krabby and I'm a strength and conditioning coach. Um, being a uh, personal trainer slash strength and conditioning coach for about six years now. Um, working more with athletes in general pop um, for the past sort of like two years. And only recently in the last six months, I've been working with horse riders, um, seeing a massive gap in the horse riding realm of strength and conditioning. And yeah, my sister working at uh, a stables, um, Pivot Funnel and Will Funnel stables, two great British horse riders. Um, and I just suddenly unintentionally started taking on all these horse riders, you know, word of mouth. And I was like, shit, like maybe people just kept saying to me, they were like, you should make something of this because there is there anything in the horse riding um, sort of realm? And I was like, oh, maybe not. So I thought I'd um, sort of throw the kitchen sink in. And that's sort of where I'm going at the moment, as well as working with um, athletes in more of my favoured sports, which is like football and conventional like M- uh, martial arts um, and rugby or whatever. Um, but I enjoy working with people and athletes from different sports because it helps me be master at my own craft and I my aim is to help athletes be the master at their own craft as well um, but yeah now I currently work out of my gym that I built in back in Surrey uh, I work online and I also work since the last three months three or four months in a gym called Bounce in uh, Wimbledon Park okay so you're you're everywhere basically yeah it's you know what? I've got a very I've got a variety in my week I can give you that my week doesn't get <laughs> boring it keeps me on my toes what, uh, what draw you to athletes over general pop? Um, it's a very good question. I love answering this because hmm. it definitely, I definitely started in doing what I'm doing because of what a, a big reason as to why personal trainers um, become personal trainers, um, insecurity, uh, want to feel valued. And that's definitely why I started doing it. Um, and then I just got given a nudge um, by a few friends being like, you should do this for a living. So as everyone does before they go a bit specialized, you know, personal training, fat loss. But what drew me to athletes and strength and conditioning is one, my love for sport, two, my love for biology, albeit I did fucking shit at A-levels. <laughs> um, it was that bad that I got, um, I had a tutor every week. She said I was going to smash it. I was even tutoring my mates. I got you, 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 resat all three of them and then didn't turn up to the fourth because I thought, what's the point? But I have a love for biology and the human body, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, and I've had uh, more than a few serious injuries. In fact, one um, right now as well. I've broke my leg twice. Um, I'm going to have my third ACL reconstruction. So every injury that I've had has been a massive learning curve for me. And I've used it as an opportunity to learn more about my body, how the body moves, which is why I'm really big on biomechanics. Um, and I get more joy out of helping people improve their performance than losing weight but don't get me wrong the two come hand in hand I do have to help my athletes lose weight as well but I guess it comes from a place of relatability because I've never been obese and in mm-hmm. fact I've I was the opposite I was skinny 
twiglet arms who wanted to pack on size, but going about it the wrong way. Um, I can't relate with someone trying to lose weight because I've never had to. And as much as I can do all the research about habits and human behavior, it just doesn't excite me as much, probably because I've never been there, but I've always yeah. wanted to help people come back from an injury, um, maybe get bigger rather than get smaller, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, every, every like sort of injury I said has been a blessing because it's just been a massive opportunity for me to be like, right, what can we learn here to help with you in the future and also what you pass on to your clients? Yeah, no, that's really, really good. Um, so I suppose I'm possibly going to focus a bit more on the horse riding one because, so, you know, I actually deal with horse riders as well. Yeah, no, surprisingly, uh, yeah, um, 100%, Chrissy. Yeah, here, no, like, if you want to talk about, uh, talk about football and rugby as well, uh, all in on that stuff as well. I love the biomechanics stuff as well, so I always find that really interesting and learn about that as, as well. Um, but so what kind of, like, the horse riding, was that because your sister that they kind of came in you started seeing more people like that or did you just kind of notice that it's not because I agree with you there is a massive like gap with horse riding at the moment and strength and conditioning yeah 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 I'm glad you said that because yeah it's just it's um it's one of the sports that's just a bit far behind I'm sure you'll agree oh yeah like it's like golf like people don't see that you need strength and conditioning for golf maybe because it's just not as contact there's no contact you know, there's no contact in horse riding really it's just like yeah. there's there's no <laughs> that that. yeah 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 except but there is at the end of the day like contact the floor a lot <laughs> yeah exactly yeah 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 100% yeah. um but it started so my sister actually she's the last person i thought that would start training mm. like she just didn't like weight training um but she's had more than a more than one i say osteopath or whatever chiropractor don't get me started on them say to her that she her spine's out of alignment one leg longer than the other and i'm just like putting a gun to my head being like this is not very helpful for anyone um it's not a great story to tell someone because it just feeds into their narrative that they're broken so i started when just i, I remember it was literally like six months ago i was in the pub with for my mum's birthday and this um horse rider helen who does a lot of four or five stars. I'm sure you're aware of four or five star events. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wasn't until this year. So <laughs> um, so it's nice to get into- Was it venting or show jumping? Uh, I want to say both. Okay. What's the, so yeah, I always forget this. What is, what's the difference? Uh, show jumping, you just solely do the show jumping and eventing is where you do the three days. It's like the horse triathlon, it's dressage, um, cross country and show jumping. Yeah, um, so Helen does um, eventing. Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, she does eventing, yeah. Um, and I know like some of the other horse riders, they'll either do just show jumping, um, but I work with horse riders that like do both. Yeah. yeah. Either do one or the other, sorry. Um, but yeah, Helen, um, massive eventer. And I just said, you know, do you want to start up again? And I trained her when I wasn't training athletes. So she then started and my sister sort of joined in and I think that's what like sort of like real my sister in was because it was doing it with someone yeah just a brother telling her what to do which let's face it like training family if I've known to be just fucking nightmare it's hard work it's why I banned my dad and mum from like yeah they, they can go in when they want but yeah it was basically that and then like two other girls from the same stables that um that stay on site at Pippa and Will Funnels they's training separately together. Um, then these Americans came over to work with Pippa and they were looking for a trainer. And then one of the girls, Fuzz or India, like recommended them to me. So at this point in time, I'm thinking over the course of a month, I'm like, well, I've got like, do the math, two, four, seven horse riders. Mm. I'm like, wow, this is like, and I'm noticing so many commonalities between them. It's like, and I don't mean this in any malice, you won't shut up about your fucking back. Like all you do is moan about the back. It's yeah. like, Jesus Christ. Like, and the things they do when they come in the gym. So it's like the first thing they'll go to is the foam roller. And they'll like, they'll just basically open up their back and they'll lie on the foam roller. And I'm like, you know, that's, and this is what I've learned as coaching as well is not to keep telling athletes that they're wrong. Like mm -hmm. not be like, don't do that, it doesn't work. What I've learned to do is let them do what they want to do but slowly just like secretly dosage in what you want to do. And that sort of like combats what they're doing. And then, you, and then they buy into it. 
and you go, well, what you're doing there is wrong because, or like, that's why it's not working, but you can do it if you want. So it was mainly based just noticing all these commonalities between them, all of the same um, interests where I'm not saying Pilates is bad, but as an athlete, if you're thinking that Pilates is going to excel your athleticism, like it's, it's a massive interpretation because it's very good for movement variability. And for someone who's not done anything, Pilates will be really good. But if you want to develop power, if you want to be explosive, if you want to be strong, like Pilates alone will not get you there. And that's just, that's just facts. Like there's no gray area there. It's like black and white. Um, so that, that's what kind of like, yeah, drew me in there. And I just saw like a massive window and I'm sure you'll agree. Like, yeah, once you see something like that, you can't really like turn away from it. Yeah. Um, it was actually for me, it was in it. I was, it was in my head for a long time because I've, I've grown up horse riding. So I've been horse riding. Must have, yeah, seen it for a while then. Yeah. 20, 20 odd years anyway, 24. Yeah. For 24 years, I've been horse riding. Um, like leisurely, like I'm not an athlete when it comes to that. But, uh, um, I was always thinking about it and it was actually the owner of, um, a yard in Dublin they're an eventing yard and he was like why don't you do that like for not necessarily the top level people but like people who generally horse ride um and he was like seriously that's there's no one in Ireland doing it anyone is doing it right now in Northern Ireland <laughs> so really yeah wow so there's very little of it like and obviously if you're seeing that it's probably the same over in the UK it's um yeah like we're always behind you guys on everything anyway so I've heard that you're not the first Irish person to say that to me, but oh. like, yeah. even with COVID, like you guys were just like really far behind with like <laughs> stuff like I know, that. No, we went way ahead on that one. We were like, no, no, close. <laughs> oh no, but like with your health, I think like with like just dishing out the vaccine or something, weren't you? Like with the healthcare, like wasn't that good? Um, or was it, am I mistaken? Or was it maybe? I think, I think we were slightly the opposite in the sense that we didn't open up as quickly as the UK, um, but we hadn't got the vaccine out yet. Um, so I think overall we did all right, but I think that was just a supply issue all over the world at that point. Ah, oh, fair enough. Anyway, yeah. let's not go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's over. That doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> COVID what? <laughs> exactly. So um, how, what do you think? How do they react to uh, do you find a horse rider is like in just like doing strand training and stuff like that? Um, like anyone coming in something new you have to somewhat create a buy-in without, without trying to explain why, you know, they should be doing this. Mm -hmm. And for example, like when I introduced them to a lot of the pogos and jumping up and down, most people that have never done it. They're like, what is the point in this? Like, I look like an idiot. Like I'm jumping up and down on the floor. Like this just looks silly. I don't feel tired. And again, it comes back to that associating severe fatigue with a productive session like that's yeah. what they want. And I feel that, yeah, a lot of even athletes in, in any sport, they'll just try and throw themselves into a session that will leave them feeling like, you know, crawling on all fours and mm -hmm. that's going to be a good session. So it's basically giving them a little bit of what they want and then a little bit of what you, you want. And then you slowly just sort of like just do that little swap and they won't even notice. It's like yeah. they, they're looking away and then bang, you do it. For example, one of the girls that comes in who's actually um she's got a good training age she loves back squats now i don't mind back squats but an only back squat program's pretty fucking stupid because it just sends you into that sort of like extended position mm -hmm. um, which you already have a horse rider moaning about their back and it's like you then want to like again it's not the back squat that's making your back bad but you're not helping yourself so i'll just go right we'll do front squat one week back squat the next giving you what is missing. Um, so when it comes to that, like they then feel like they stop moaning about their back and it happened, uh, what was it Monday? I asked my sister and, and Helen, I was like, so how are you feeling between when we started and now? Cause I'm going to say one thing now, you've both shut enough about, you both shut up about your back. And they were like, yeah, like our back's like a lot less sore. And again, it wasn't me just like trying to force them into buying into what I was giving them. It was like secretly just like, planting seeds um and then with the pogo stuff and the stuff that they maybe don't see as beneficial i might explain why i'll be like look even though your feet aren't on the ground 
even though you're not evidently jumping, jumping up and down on the floor, you kind of are jumping on the horse, like you're jumping up with it and you're having to absorb force. And I guess my go-to explanation is how well we move completely comes down to, or a lot of it comes down to how well we can absorb, produce and disperse force. And what I mean by that is when our foot hits the ground or stirrup, um, we basically have at impact, we absorb force for our foot. We then produce force for our foot and we also disperse it up our body. Now, if the force that dispersed up our body isn't dispersed properly, then it will become problematic at some point, you know, Achilles, knee, hip, whatever. So all this pogo stuff and jumping up and down is really beneficial because it's basically helping with ankle stiffness. It's making you more robust, more resilient to injury. And don't get me wrong, I won't, I won't program things like jumping as much as I would um, like a football player mm-hmm. because it's just not needed. But this is where, this is what I love about strength and conditioning because I actually know very little. I'm going to, I'm trying to learn more about horse riding. But once you learn about the demands, the, the, the stress tolerance that they need and what they need to actually sort of be able to like, the, what they're capable of um, tolerating, um, then you can just sort of like program a really good training session for them. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. How do you find that actually coming in um, from that perspective, like that you don't horse ride? Do you ever find that kind of like imposter syndrome at all or? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And then especially when I'm, it hits me when I'm like training, like fairly pretty good athletes that, you know, they went to, uh, is, see the name even just bypasses me, Olympia. Yeah. Is that one of them. Yeah, like they, they went to that this year and stuff like that. So there is a little bit of imposter syndrome, but what I've learned with imposter syndrome, and I get it a lot, lot less now, is because I just reinforce to myself that, you know, I back what I do. And mm. But don't get me wrong, those beliefs definitely enter my mind because we're only human. But like, I then just go, you know what, what you're doing is working. So I keep fucking going. Yeah. But you know what, I, it, did, it did make me realise, I was like, I definitely need to start actually going to a horse riding show, like, and take time out of my week to to learn more about the sport because it's only it's definitely only going to help. Oh yeah, absolutely. And have you been up on a horse at all? Fucking hell! I used to horse ride. Have <laughs> <laughs> experience? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what Troy is. <laughs> no, I used to. I actually got a clear round. I think. <laughs> it just was, the one. Yeah, just the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had. A, I think I had a really bad fall once. Um, when I was, I can't remember what age I did it till, but um, yeah, I actually used to horse ride. So I, I have been up on the horse and I've experienced it firsthand. Yeah, so that's a that's that's a step in the right direction, anyway. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> It's, it's funny like even I find like I have been horse riding for years but say I'm not a horse riding instructor and I'd be like okay I'm telling you this I'm not a coach but like I absolutely get what you're supposed to be doing <laughs> yeah yeah 100% what, what are some of the commonalities that you see across well back hip stiffness is real bad yeah um I think as well there's some bad habits taught in from before for sitting up straight like instead of actually using pulling your core up and sitting up straight they bend back yeah and yep, so 100%. that's one like if you don't have like you know enough core strength you're going to end up with back pain because well <laughs> yeah and that that was the other broken record for me it was like people coming in going yeah I've been told I need to strengthen my core I'm like you don't know what that fucking means like no <laughs> yeah. one knows what that means like it's so and I know there's a there's a there is an outright definition of what makes up the core like the muscles that make up the mm-hmm. core internally externally but at the end of the day, you could have a weak ankle and that will be the weak link in your core. Like, yeah. if you have a weak ankle walking down the road, someone will tell you, oh, you just got like, you know, a weak rectus abdominis in like whatever. And it's like, no, like he, the, the fact they're limping because they have a weak ankle, like is, could be the reason they, so it's like all training is core training at the end of the day. And I think that people need to maybe identify or help um, ask for help in getting an identification of like, you know, where, what exactly, you know, is going on there. Yeah. Like, because for example, a rib cage that doesn't move, I love referencing the rib cage because it really does dictate everything. If you've got a rib cage that is stuck and people will talk about mobility of shoulders, mobility of hips, but hip and um, shoulder mobility is completely dictated by rib cage. 
So we always need to look at proximal to distal. What I mean by proximal to distal is proximal is like close, this like chunk, chunky, meaty piece of uh, bone structure, the rib cage. Um, and then distals, you know, think of distance like further away. But like if I've got my rib cage lifted and most people are stuck in either like this elevated rib cage position, mm-hmm. I can't get my arm overhead. But if I can get the ribs down, I can suddenly get my arms overhead. So a rib cage that doesn't move is going to really influence how strong your core is yeah we also tell not to move your rib cage if you're doing especially in dressage yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. supposed to be poker straight and um, another thing as well is they don't unless they've say broken something they don't get injuries checked or looked after because if the stiffness goes away and then they're like, why can't I, you know, say, move my arm this direction? I was like, well, probably because you've done something to it and you never sorted it. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know, like, this, like, again, the the backstory is to all of the upper body injuries that mm-hmm. my horse riders have had. But, you know, the amount of broken collarbones. Yeah. And I'm not saying this would have prevented it. But, again, think about um, being able to absorb produce and disperse force up the lower limbs we also need to think about the hands because the hand is just another foot like Mm -hmm. we look at the arch in our foot and how when it's arched it's called supination which is when we um, absorb force and then when it flattens is when we produce force that's called pronation the hand's exactly the same like supination supinated grip pronated grip now when we land on the floor like that if we can manage collisions better you know we're less likely to break something up here and that's what a lot of it comes down to as well, manage collisions. Like we're really, really bad at managing collisions. I always tell my clients, this is a big buy-in as well for the jumping stuff. I'm like, the most common cause of death over the age of 75, talk about delayed gratification, by the way, this is it in a nutshell. <laughs> um, the most common cause of a, uh, death over the age of 75 is, not be, is, being able, is falling over. So that's not being able to manage a collision. Collision can be running, it can be falling over. But like, to me, that just speaks volumes. I'm like, this is why you need to do this stuff. Oh, yeah. Falling off a horse. <laughs> I've never done that for like, well, not with the horse that land on me, I don't think. But like, yeah, when the horse lands on you, it's like, boom. You don't want to be, you don't want to be brittle. No, you really don't. Like, you don't want a half ton animal landing on you. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just doesn't sound fun. <laughs> Touch wood. <laughs> so far, that hasn't happened to me. Yeah, but any had- other which way, I can tell you I've landed. You have or haven't? I haven't had a horse land on me, so would, but I have had every other which way. Feet, head first, back, shoulder, really? arse. Oh, God. Have you any, face like, first. Uh, I've gone face first into the ground. <laughs> any broken bones or? Nose. And that wasn't from a fall. Oh, what happened? Headbutted. What, by a horse or a person? His horse. Um, he stopped dead in front of a fence. And I went, the, my instructor yelled at me to kick him. I kicked him. He jumped from a standstill. His head came up and smashed me in the face. Oh, you know what? I've never been headbutted by a human being, but I can imagine a horse would be a lot fucking worse. Full on neck, yeah. Um, my, oh. my nose was like a chip of it was gone on the x-ray. So like it was up like that. I had to get it like medically reset. Like it was over and it was literally the size of a potato on my face. I don't have the same nose <laughs> since I got that. Oh, snap. That's fucking yeah. That's awful. So yeah, that no. was my uh, worst one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the girls that would come in after a weekend or a week of, you know, show jumping or eventing, they show me the video. They got a WhatsApp group at the yard. Mm. They got people falling off. Like, fucking some of them. I'm like, shit. I'm like, I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and you just get back up as well. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you just get straight back up. I'm like, whoa, fair enough. There's been times I've been so mad. I've, like, literally gotten back up on them and be like, yeah. <laughs> like, instead of, um, instead of, you know, smartly checking myself, I've been <laughs> but adrenaline's pumping and you're just like thinking about like yeah. how angry you are maybe or there's other times where i have like the time the last time i think was when i went face first into the ground he tripped it was it wasn't in per- on purpose so oh, he right. actually went face first into the ground as well and i was like okay right best get up i'll do a lap and walk right i've gotten up now i'm going back to- <laughs> we're going to bed now but <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah um that's the thing as well like you know you're you're kind of stiff the next day and then after that you're fine but you never get like follow up on it but if your horse um looks at you wrong they'd call the vet nearly really <laughs> yeah that's what i find with horses or people and um, it's like oh god he doesn't look great i better get the vet up while your arm is hanging off one side going now that's fine that'll be grand tomorrow <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, 
<laughs> it's all about the horse. Yeah. And that, that's that, that's one thing with like the programming and that that I've I treat I guess differently um, between horse riders and other sport sporting athletes is the bo- the human body isn't fragile. So I'm gonna be careful mm-hmm. what I say here. But when horse riders come to me, first of all, they're definitely more fragile. Like whether it be mentally or physically, you know, with their lower back. So I'm definitely leaning towards like programming a lot of feel good exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this could be like, maybe like me being too like wrapping them in cotton wool, but like go to failure a lot less and stuff like that, because, you know, you are like, you, yeah, what you go through is quite a lot. Um, but not to say like, again, like other athletes don't, but I feel like mentally as well, like horse riders come to me with a lot of, um, I guess, beliefs about their body, which makes them more fragile. Mm. even though they probably aren't um so yeah I'm, I'm definitely doing that with my program which is which is really like good yeah I think with them as well because they're so far behind with the strength and conditioning like you know if you want to improve your riding your talk keep doing it the same thing over and over until it gets better when if you actually went and strengthened a certain area like you know strengthen your body more suddenly mm. your horse might be more responsive to what you're asking them but yeah. if you if they if you do something with them on the first session that has them say crippled for four days and they can't ride, they're not going to want to come back. Whereas an athlete, a, a footballer, like a fine, I'll get back to it in a few minutes. You know. Yeah, hundred percent. So like trying to teach, trying to teach horse riders the deadlifts, like really, really interesting to be fair, because they're either like really scared to do it, or they, or they, or they just go, oh my god, I feel it in my back, like. And this is what I've learned with the lower back as well um across like all clients really is like i really learned to be like look stop investigating everything like you mm-hmm. investigating every single pain is not helping you progress in your training like it's going to hold you back massively as soon as you associate like a movement with a pain like you're going to stigmatize that movement you're going to be very scared to do it again so yeah with the deadlift and stuff it's but it's got me to learn a lot of like um like pre-ritual deadlift exercises that i'd give so they find their hamstrings and glutes more because a massive commonality i see with horse riders is when we talk about posture i hate the word posture but let's just do that for everyone's mm-hmm. easier understanding but i talked about elevating the rib cage and most people are like are stuck in the anterior tilt elevated rib cage and there's two common um archetypes that one and one's called sway back sway mm-hmm. back more where I see in horse riders where basically if you're standing up and you allow your hips just to like push forward and then you lean back like it looks like a very comfortable position even though actually it isn't very comfortable it's just an easy position to hold yourself up and yourself from falling over mm-hmm. um, that, so I find that a lot of horse riders like they have a very like shortened glute or glutes so like trying and helping them finding length in the glutes and finding the hamstrings that is really good for like with deadlifting so like yeah working with horse riders is like really helping me just like be a better coach as well like all around because that will translate into to other people who aren't horse riders as well yeah no that's something I've noticed myself even um because I obviously think about stuff when I'm riding myself to try and like because if I'm going to tell people what to do I should be able to do it myself um and like my I my horse uh is like you know your typical like he would have been in school except he kept throwing people off um you know that kind of like little fat kind of pony thing he's not he's not a <laughs> big athletic one that the proper riders are riding but it yeah. does make your work more and think more because you know if you ask him to do something he won't do it unless you convince him um and by convince i mean ask him repeatedly <laughs> um he's he's very uh it's very difficult when he wants to be but because of that, like I was looking at it and like, you know, you hear people talk about, you know, walking like John Wayne from horse riding. You shouldn't be like that. It right. means you're tilting forward and you're actually using uh, your, your like ad- adductors, adductors. Yeah. But actually, if you're firing your hamstrings and sitting up properly, you won't feel them at all the next day and your hamstrings will hurt. But, you know, yeah, getting yeah, people yeah. to learn that as well. Yeah, it's, it's hard as well because... Yeah, explaining it to people is just like not even enough. Like mm. some people either want to do it or they don't. And the shame is like the big shame is most people just don't want to do it. Um, they only they only find out and they only create that that buying is when they're actually doing it and they feel it. Um, yeah. So like 
me trying to sort of like kick this online adaptive a question program is proven to be very slow, <laughs> very, very slow. Um, but I just feel it's just neat. It just needs to take time and like making people realize. And I guess my biggest sort of like realization was um, when I found out that, you know, the person's biomechanics affects the horse's biomechanics. Yeah. Was this, and I've done a little bit of research. I don't know how valid this is, but um you know, when a horse goes lame, which is effectively, I think is like their gait. So like when their gait's fucked, basically, um, how they move, um, like your mechanics is going to affect that. Mm. So it's like, you spend so much time looking after this fuck off beast, but like you won't take the time and invest the money because let's face it, horses aren't cheap either. Nope. Um, but you won't invest even a little bit into your health, which is going to improve them. Yeah, that's something I try to get across people as well, like, because um, it does transfer too. So, like, one of the things I say, for instance, if you've got, like, limited mobility, say, in your right side, and if you're, so if you're a horse riding, um, I know if you've heard of bending work where you're trying to get the horse kind of basically use slight little movements either side of the mouth to get the horse into the outline, which is that nice little head bent down. Oh, yeah, unaware. I'm unaware of that. Yeah, so basically, if you're on one side and you're not moving as much, the horse is going to get that constantly. And now you're constantly putting it in, putting more pressure or less pressure onto one side. And you yeah. wonder why your horse is bending beautifully when you go in a circle on one rein, but on the other side, it's got its head up or something like that. And you're like, it's because you, you're doing it to it. The horse can't take the aid. Yeah. Um, so I've been trying to like, as well, like explain that to people when I'm going at it, going like, it's not just for you. It's for your horse. Like you're spending fortune on physios and stuff for your horse, but you're not looking at yourself and what you could actually do to improve that. Yeah. And that's the thing when they do invest into themselves, it's like you're going to a chiropractor, which there are some good chiropractors. I've never met one. I've never come across <laughs> one, but most it is a bit of a charlatan industry at the moment because of the information they give. Um, no, cause it's all about clicking and realigning. Mm. And it's like, the way I put it out is if like, if you could literally manipulate some of your hands, like we would have NFL players that literally wouldn't have rib cages and spines intact. Like think of how hard 110 kilos against 110 kilos are being met, but they're still not realigned. Like they're fine. Yeah. So to be able to pay 50, 60, 70 fucking quid for someone to go click, crack, um, spines out of alignment. It's like fucking hell. Like we're just wasting their time and money. And that's the very frustrating thing because, you know, one, it's just an easy thing to do to go and do that. It feels good. So again, just because something feels good, people correlate with that being good, which is a massive misinterpretation. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, rather than actually like, you know, get something that's going to give you like this massive return on investment. I also think that this isn't me being sexist, by the way. Um, a lot of girls come to my gym and they're like, I don't want to get bulky. Like, if we train arms, like I don't want big triceps. Yeah. I'm like, fucking, here we go. <laughs> here we go. And it's yeah. that's also that's also uh, a massive friction in between uh, a lot of horse riders and going to the gym, I feel as well. They're like, I want a good body. I want to look like this person, which this person who they've shown me, by the way, has like, you know, athletic legs. They're like, oh, but my legs, I don't want big legs. I'm like, you can't have one. <laughs> you've literally just contradicted yourself. <laughs> It's I don't know. So I find horse riders have big legs. Unfortunately, that's it's what we use most. Like, um, it's very yeah. rare. And the reason a lot of horse riders are very lean is because they probably don't eat enough and the amount of physical work they do. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a big barrier as well. Is trying to find because at the end of the day, I wouldn't want to eat a big meal and then just go up and down, up and down. Like, it just not doesn't feel very good. Yeah. But you're right; they definitely don't eat enough, and there's definitely ways around it. You just have to you have to adapt their schedule um like one of the americans i trained she would only have dinner um and then she said to me that she's gaining weight and or, or she's not losing enough weight and she's a great figure by the way mm. uh, very athletic and i'm like no we need to we need to eat more so i was like we definitely need more protein in your diet because you know you train three times a week with me you're very active um so you know i said what's your favorite meal like what's an easy go-to meal that you can do in the midday um, that's going to be feasible and it's going to let you adhere to it. She was like, cheesy eggs. I was like, bang, there we go. Every day, have that. Um, and that's, that's worked. 
but it hasn't in the end because like she's eating more and then she's coming back to me saying she's gaining weight and she's very emotionally attached to that I'm like let's forget about the weight don't fucking yeah. weigh yourself because it doesn't mean anything doesn't mean shit <laughs> yeah no um I do I think as well like people who are working in yards like it's not just the horse riding it's the mucking out it's the bringing the horse in and out and stuff like that and people are like don't understand that it's like you you need to fuel yourself better for that it's so incredibly physical you do a day in a yard and you will be bollocks for two days I did it during I did it for a while did a couple of weeks I used to do a Monday and I'd recover by Wednesday yeah uh, you know I don't envy them I envy you as well like it's like um they do what are their days you know they get up at five or six and then they get in at they finish at six, six thirty. Then you know, once a week they'll come to me, and then you know, because horse riders are time constrained, they don't get to go out all the time. But yeah. because we live in a, or I'm from a village, and they live in the village, um, they've created like their own bubble. So literally, their time is at the stables or at the pub, and you know, so they're going to the pub, say, at, eating out at least two or three times a week. They'll have drinks. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it'll be one a.m. finishes. Then they'll end up going to. Guildford on a spontaneous night out so also trying to tackle their sleep is an absolute nightmare because it's like and then they're like oh I'm not sleeping very well but I'm also like well on the days you're not for example going to the pub you know what are you doing they're like on my phone till like half 10 half 11 well I'm like well that's just fuck like that needs to that needs to like be reduced blah 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 so like they've got like they've got a lot of habits that I've never had to really like deal with head on which is good absolutely love it and I've learned to be like right rather than change everything we just need to make the smallest change which is what you should do with every client as you'll know um small changes like more success but with them it's like right we literally just need to focus on this one thing and don't worry about anything else at the moment like just focus on this one thing because you're so caught up in doing like everything else which is hectic like you don't stop in your day like everything's done mostly on a subconscious level very little conscious thought like so for you to think consciously is going to be really fucking hard so just think about doing this one habit yeah no I agree um I find that as well with them like you know when they say I don't have time like you actually have to believe them (laughs) yeah yeah I've definitely like way more empathetic like I'm an empathetic coach anyway but I'm definitely like yeah I I totally understand like you're you're way more time restricted than most people 100% but that doesn't mean to say it's impossible, but like you have, you have to show more sympathy, definitely. Yeah, that's what I find. I find the online is has worked really well with them because they don't have to be like at the gym at seven o'clock because they're like, no, sorry, that's my horse time or that's my yeah. wine time. I've just finished spending the day in the yard. Like I'm knackered. Yeah, it's what I want to do with this sort of equestrian um, uh, adapt and develop is, you know, market it so that like you don't have to go to the gym like most of the exercises we're doing are going to be like you don't even need equipment so even if it's just like a 15 20 minutes twice a week jumping breathing rolling um body weight strength work which at the end of the day is going to be really challenging for you anyway if you if you don't have a good training age so it's like yeah it's that 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 would be really helpful um yeah. for a lot of them but that's it. everyone i've worked with none of them have gone to the gym they've worked from home um and like that we have like you know the weekly check-in and stuff like that and even then sometimes it'd be so busy you'd end up rearranging it four times in a week like yeah 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 100 percent. but um i thought it was interesting what you said about the girls not wanting to get bulky and that's literally something i still hear as well like and it's not it's not sexist it is like i've had people say it to me and i my response is a lot of time is like what about me am i bulky and they're like no and i'm like great because i've been trying for the last five years yeah. Yeah, I, I say like we produce X amount of testosterone more than you, which is the massive drive for um, muscle mass. I'm a guy. I have more muscle mass already. I've been doing this for 10 years, like three to six times a week. Like if it was that easy, I would look like Arnold. Like, yeah. and I'm not. I'm like, I'm actually, how long I've been doing it? I'm actually relatively like small compared. I always take the piss out of myself. I'm not that big. I'm not that strong. But like I lift weights consecutively, um, consistently, sorry. So like, if you're doing it once a week, <laughs> you think you're going to get bulky once a fucking week? <laughs> oh, you're mistaken. Yeah, 100%. No, yeah, it's it's really funny. It's like, seriously, you don't you don't look at the weights and turn into Arnie. Like, I swear, like, you know, a lot of those people who look like that have had a bit more help and some really good genetics, <laughs> but not just the good genetics, you know? 
Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of why I love introducing them to power training as well, more explosiveness, because mm-hmm. even though they have the sensation of oh, I'm not working hard, like once they actually can express themselves by moving a lightweight really fast or themselves really fast, they you you do like you do start to feel really good because your out level of output in a short amount of time increases. You're like, oh, this feels like it's doing good. Um, so it's not all lifting heavy weights, heavy weights, heavy weights. So there's, yeah, and that allows me to give like a lot of variety um, into their training as well. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, what are the biggest challenges you've found working with them so far? Oh, they're fucking terrible texters. Oh my God. <laughs> I know it's got nothing to do with training, but they are so bad at texting. It's unbelievable. I always say this as well, not with all horse riders, not speaking to everyone here, but I'm like with them, it's like, I think because they live in this bubble, them specifically, mm-hmm. they don't realize that like I'm trying to program my week. Um, I have to actually, even though they know this, they don't think about it. I have to actually like plan when I get the train home, blah, blah, blah. So when they take me three days to, then they take three days to respond. I'm like, you need, you need to text me back. Like, this is like ridiculous. Um, so yeah, terrible sexes, but on a, <laughs> um, on a more training related, um, answer uh i'd say it's a very good question to be fair um to be fair like they're very the schedule i say the schedule that's the most challenging thing like Mm -hmm. i could say oh like it's it's very hard for them to buy into what i do but that's like inevitably going to happen at some point like that's just the starting sort of uh barrier but i'd say it's the schedule trying to fit them in um you know, their week changes, my week changes, but like, I'm trying to obviously work around them, but trying to get them in consistently is like really, really hard. Um, mm-hmm. But that's totally, you know, I knew, I know what I'm signing up for here. Like, I, know, I know that, um, which is why I, I'm, not, I'm not taking on any more face-to-face horse riders. That's why I created the online. So I don't get let down. They don't get let down or anything. Um, but yeah, that's just like the variable that you just can't control. Like it just, it just comes with the package. So yeah. But, that's the thing as well, like in the what was the saying I saw before, uh, which is really like it's true to horse riders now. It's like, you know, horse riding, it's the only um sport where your equipment can decide to disagree with you. That's, that's so true. Yeah, I like <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> so like you can plan your day great, and then your horse can be like, you know what, do you know what I'm gonna do to you today? Or I'm you yeah. know what, I'm feeling a bit poorly. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. What's what's the one thing that you found? to be most challenging you're right about scheduling and I and that's me working with people who are online um like and the texting actually because I'm a terrible texter as it is and these are worse and you're trying to like be like okay are we still good for this day and like an hour before they'll be like no yeah <laughs> can we do a different time and I'm like great I've been sitting here for like a couple of hours waiting at least I'm just on my um laptop or whatever you know what I mean but um yeah those two things are, are big all right as well I'm trying to keep them sticking to a schedule something comes up or a client appears or because some of mine have worked like our people who worked with um worked in the industry as well so like you know he's like i have a client now actually sorry i've actually meetings i did that yeah yeah um um, you get used to it don't you exactly at the start i was like oh fucking hell like because i like i'm sure you're the same like you like your week to be like there in front of you like you've constructed it soon as things start to change like on a large scale, I'm like, oh, like, this is really annoying. Like, cause I had everything planned, everything looked good. And then when things change, like, yeah, I get myself a little bit worked up, but now I've just learned to deal with it and be like, it's fine. Like you can't control it. So stop fucking sweating over it. Yeah. Like there was one I was working with over like a course of eight weeks, whatever. And our check-in day was Tuesday. And like every Tuesday it will be like, can we do Thursday instead? And, uh, it got to the point where I was like, okay, well, we go with Thursday. And they'd be like, no, no, Tuesday's fine. And Tuesday would roll around. I'm like, will I see him Thursday? Yeah, I'll see him Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quality. But once you expect it, I think it's okay. Do you know when you're like, you've already yeah. figured that out? Um, yeah, I just go into my week being like, look, this is probably going to change. So I just take it. Yeah. <laughs> once, once it's not like, I think it's easier with the online side of it because once that it just means you just have to open your laptop at a different time but like if it's a like with you we've been we're doing face to face like that is a little bit more yeah 
I get um, mad about that. One one time, like I prioritize. So the people that I train uh, three times a week, um, they sometimes need to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday because they're going to a show on Wednesday. So I'll literally like rearrange my week so i'm home monday tuesday wednesday morning which i'm not that's not normally my schedule i've normally got pt back in wimbledon i think i have to like give up one or two session sessions for the week because i'm doing that and it'll get to wednesday morning they'll be like we can't come i'm like yeah fucking like i've literally just rearranged like if we just did monday tuesday thursday it would have been fine or we just said monday tuesday but literally the only reason i changed my week was because you said monday tuesday wednesday and like yeah so Bite my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Next time they say that, you'd be like, you can have Thursday. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, 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 100%. How do you find working between like doing the face-to-face and the online? Uh, I really like it. I like the fact that I can, like I'm someone who's big on going away. I haven't been able to go away much this year because I've just moved and stuff like that. But I'm very big on taking like mini retirements. So like, I want to be able to go away for one or two weeks, three or four times a year. So mm-hmm. being able to just drop the face to face and be like, look, I'm going away, I've still got the online, like digital nomad, love it. But even then, like, cause I've got my own gym, like what I'm intending to do is the people that I train at my gym, I'll be like, look, I'm going away for two weeks. You can use the gym, charge you X, very small fee, um, or charge you for the online price, whatever. Um, and then that's just extra income. And I know then that I'm not leaving my business just like on mm-hmm. pause. I can keep it going and that's what I love about online like pivoting during COVID that's what I had to do for sure that's what we all did or most of us um so yeah I I like and I like the the balance between the two because I used to be the person who I've never worked like 40 hour weeks okay because, because I've never worked in a commercial gym I actually up until this year never worked in the gym for five years like I built my business out of my gym. Everything was um, in the very undensely populated area of Wallace Woods. So that's a hamlet. Um, so it was all self-marked that um, I never worked with colleagues up until this year. Um, so the most I ever got to, I think was like 25 hours. Mm-hmm. And I did my first ever nine hour day. And I remember people used to gloat over that. Like I've done, you know, 10 hour days as a PT for like, there is no fucking way any PT can do even more than I'd say four hours a day for five days a week and say that every session is good quality, in my opinion, anyway, like mm-hmm. maybe they, maybe they're like, I'm not tired. I'm conditioned to do it now. I, I dispute that. Um, I've learned to be like, look, I can, which is the online is really good because I can afford to do that now. Like I can afford to do say 15 hours of PT a week and then the rest online. Sometimes it would maybe 20, but I'll never go over 20. Yeah, um, and the online's helped me sort of like um, believe that as well. And say the face to face does go quiet, I'll just f- put more into online. That's fair. Yeah. Would you um, would you go solely online? So, oh, funny, it's a good question. So during COVID, when I was part of a business mentorship, uh, and then obviously face to face just was um, not allowed when it started winding back into, you know, I was getting let out of um, solitary confinement, basically. Yeah. Um, I was very reluctant to go back to face-to-face because I was like, look, I want to be like everyone else here, like who's like making X, Y, Z online. Um, but when I was living in Sutton, I found myself, I look back now, I'm like, fuck, what did you do in a day? Like I had a lot, a fair few clients, but I definitely should have been doing more face-to-face, but because I'd, condition myself to just like wake up when I want work when I want you know but I'm so glad I started to take on more face-to-face because I love the human interaction obviously Mm -hmm. like it really does help um because we're social animals um I also think that when I learn something and make it applicable like I definitely get the concept more if I'm doing it in person and online so um if I just I would never go just online now like obviously when I go away on holiday, just online. But um, yeah, when I'm back, yeah. here, I, do, I do value the face to face, but only to the hours that I want to do. Yeah. yeah. Do you do, you do both? I do both as well, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think um, it's great. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think so as well. Like, I think it's great. Like that is, you do get to see other people. You know, the online is great, but you do end up being very just, you know. 100%. Like, 
I definitely glorified online when I was like, oh, they just get to do what they want. But it's like, there are so many fucking hours in the day and there's only so much online takes up, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Like, it doesn't really take, it takes, not to say it's easy, because it isn't, but if you think that, you know, you're going to be working like eight hours a day online, five days a week, like, not to say anyone should, but it's like, it just doesn't take up that much time. And I don't think it's as fulfilling because, you know, people go quiet. It can get very frustrating as well. As you'll know, mm-hmm. people go quiet for ages. They don't report back to you. Um, so, yeah, just I think the balance of both. And I always question the coaches that, and I know this because when I was in the business mentorship, um, I'm sure you're aware of Phil Graham. Yeah. Yeah, I was in Authority Network. I was in his business, business mentorship. It was basically for the coaches that wanted to earn as much money as possible and be in the business as little as possible. So I, I again, I dispute any coach that has a hundred clients and says that every client's getting like a good quality service, you know, for whatever they're paying. I'm like, nah, because if you're outsourcing everything, they might be getting a good service, but you're just a fucking knobhead. Like there were people in that mentorship that were going, how can I outsource programming? I'm like, my God, like programming, is the bread and butter of personal training. And this is the chip on my shoulder I have with a lot of coaches now. I'm kind of going off on one now. Yeah, go for it. Everyone's, everyone, not everyone, sorry, I need to stop saying that. A lot of coaches are trying to be mental health coaches, nutritionists, all of that before becoming, you know, better at what they're actually meant to be doing. And that, that, that really like just pissed me off. And that's why, you know, trying to just go online, like, I didn't warm to it because I do like um, the learning more and applying it into face-to-face because you just get it more um, and you can see um, through a much better lens than someone who's probably not giving you videos because it's a pain in the ass to try and get videos off people in the gym um, or trying to look from a shitty camera angle. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I get you. Um, sorry, when you said out, someone asked me about outsourcing programming, I'm like, that's literally one job <laughs> yeah like this one girl i wasn't in the mentorship when this happened but i know a couple of people were still in it and were in it and they were like this one girl came in and she used to be an accountant she gave up her accountancy job she obviously had a lot of money and she you know went straight the whole big thing about Ian is make 10k a month um which a lot of people do to be fair but she like started making 15 20 within the first month and but her outgoings were like ridiculous because she was literally outsourcing everything and apparently she put in the group she was like um something along the lines of like how can i outsource everything so i can go live in bali i was like if i was just like i cannot i can't believe that like this is why the industry is just full of absolute (laughs) like zealots like like come on yeah no that's true i think it's too easy to become a personal trainer or coach yeah, hundred percent. Like uh, Pat Davidson put it so well in a post. He was like, "The reason that there's so many bad eggs in the fitness industry because there's such a big room for improvement, uh, such a big room for error. Mm. If you compare that to a doctor, where it's so small, or a teacher, or a dentist, like the room for error is so small. Like you can't really fuck up too many times before you get found out." And, you know, like, yeah, have your, uh, your credentials taken away from you, whatever. With personal training, you can get away with so much. Mm. Not only, and as, as, lo- as well as it being so easy, you know, with the standard of level entry, like, that's why too many coaches will use their PT level one, two, three, whatever it is now, um, as their, you know, as their leg to stand on for being a good coach. Mm. there is nothing that I learned in PT level one, two and three that I'll do now. Nothing. The only thing that I learned and I now don't even believe that because that's a crock of shit is how to put a weight away safely. And even then there isn't a safe way to put a weight, a safe way to put a weight away because we're then stigmatizing spinal flexion. We're picking up a weight. And I know like, yes, like people are like, I'm not going to go and grab the whole deadlift technique now, but <laughs> you can't call a movement inherently dangerous. And if you think that picking up a 12 kg dumbbell is going to do your back in, like that is wrong. But that's pretty much the way you passed your PT level two and three. Like if you picked up the weight wrong, like they would have failed you. Mm. Um, even my strength and condition level four, which I would deem to be like, you know, 
yeah, pretty good. That was fucking easy. And that was spent a day of just learning how to Olympic lift. And Olympic lifting is probably the last thing you give an athlete. But it was, a big, part, it was a big part of passing that Yeah, stuff. when I did strength and conditioning start, that was pretty much what it was, Olympic yeah. lifting. Yeah. I've and Olympic it, lifted in years. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to be fair, I love it because it got me into it. Like, that's what got me working with my coach, Angus. Um, but, you know, I'd only program maybe like one maybe two small variations, but I'd never program the full lift unless someone actually wants to do it mm. and they weren't an athlete. I'd be like, yeah, we can do it, which I do at the moment, but I'd never be like to an athlete, right. We're going to learn how to snatch because it's optimal for output or rate of force development. Cause it isn't like, yeah. and it's high risk to reward ratio. As you know, like this probably the reason I fucked up my ACL the second time was because I was playing football and Olympic lifting. I was doing two sports at once. Yeah. My body would be beaten um so yeah it's like and then even some, some of the stuff you learn about mobility in the strength and conditioning and i was like well that's just a crock of shit <laughs> yeah so it's like to answer your question again yeah the reason is because it's so easy to get those certifications yeah but it is really hard and it, it takes a lot of like realizing what you don't know to go and go right i need to fucking learn more and this is why a lot of coaches succumb to the dunning kruger effect they're mm. totally unaware of what they don't know and the reason that I've always been like enrolling in courses, mentorships, always got a coach, always will have a coach is because I'm sure you're the same, Chrissy. I'm fully aware of what I don't know. Like sometimes I'll learn a concept. I'll be like, I've got this, like, this is, this is sick. And then I'll either not get it or something will, new will come along and I'll be like, right, I feel stupid now. But that's every, exactly every what, time I learn that, something. That, that's exactly what it should be like. That's what feeds the hunger. That's what keeps you hungry. Yeah. I, don't, I find um, like the, coaches that sell the most don't necessarily like aren't necessarily the best they're just the loudest yeah yeah 100% they got no and there should be no shame in doing it all the time they got no shame in selling 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 they're very mm. good at selling they're very good at marketing um yeah and it is always yeah you look at again those coaches in authority network this might sound big-headed but I know for a fact I was the best coach in there from an actual like, yeah. like coaching standpoint, they were just very, very good and much better at me than selling and marketing. Yeah. So I went through a program last last year. It was a shred program. So I knew it was I signed myself up for. And they're talking about this going, like talking to people who were signing up for the shreds, like, you know, multiple times a, week, a year. And they're like, don't keep doing it. Don't keep rebounding. But we're going to take your money every time you rebound because they're gr women who are like, yeah, I lost like, you know, 20 pounds on this shred. And then I stopped and I put them back on and now I'm going to back again. And Because the reason that I put it back on is because I'm not with them. And that's the story they'll tell yeah. themselves. And it's I followed the meal plan. And yeah, it's the same with Slim World. It's the same with all of that. Yeah. And there was one, there was one or two things that I was like, uh, the coaches in that group as well, most of them weren't even PTs like as well um and the one the one who owns the business she's not a pt either but like she gives you like basically a bodybuilding program off what her probably coach designed and um, so she's this is how you train to get like this um and then there was girls halfway through the shred going oh yeah no like um is anyone else like you know period not gone and the coaches are like oh yeah yeah no that's fine that's okay that can happen it's like no it's not okay <laughs> Oh I'm sitting there going, guys, this means your body's under intense stress. Yeah, you need yeah. to eat more calories. That is hectic. That is yeah. so and like you've got these women literally telling them that's fine, don't worry. It's on you're on, you're on low calories. That's okay. Like it's like it's not okay. Uh it's it's amazing. So yeah, I I, I like I wouldn't sound like fully competent about you know knowing about women's menstrual cycle no i'm not either i'm very astounded as to what i know and a lot of people don't yeah you know i'll be like do you know this about blah 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 and they'd be like oh no i was like fuck like yeah oh i couldn't believe that when i saw women telling other women like that's fine don't worry that is yeah that is so that's obviously not they don't know they're doing it. that is so toxic yeah i was like yep um this is why i'm never buying anything off you again there you go yeah, yeah. <laughs> i went into it because i wanted to do um a shoot and i knew i could handle it better like you know they were saying if you follow the meal plan i think the meal plan started 1600 calories or something i was like fuck that for a laugh i'm starting at 19 <laughs> yeah so like you, you knew what you were getting yourself in for like yeah yeah um so i was like no this is not good <laughs> 
and these people are coming and they're spending like you know it's a big group program so they're spending you know 100 quid every time they join and they're doing it a couple of times a year because they got the results but you didn't yeah, yeah. Uh, shiny object shiny object syndrome it's just it's a bitch like yeah. especially if it's worked like yeah that's 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 a big seller like if it works mm -hmm. it works but people don't realize the that what they're basically doing is they've got um, they're in a dilemma of the them being the consumer. You got the product, but the product is keeping them away from the actual method of what gets them to. Yeah. The, like the, if it worked, you wouldn't be doing it again. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's a just a mini thing you set me off and we ran to actually annoyed me. I, know, well. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Um, I think that is pretty much everything I have to ask you, but I do ask everyone this at the end of every uh, episode, and it is, what is the best advice you've ever been given? Hmm. <laughs> I love this one because everyone gets like confused. Yeah. Oh God. Um, you can pick more than one as well. I would. I would probably say, and I'm going to kick myself because I'm going to come off this call and be like, "Ah, oh, you fucking idiot! You should have said that." <laughs> but um, I'd probably say, actually, going to post this. It's probably why it's in my head because I'm going to do a post on it now. Is is um, I'd probably say this helped me in my personal development. Um, is for every group, and this is in my words, not how I heard it. For mm. every group you create that fucking despises you, you create a group that fucking loves you. Yeah, and that's basically really helped me form me as a coach because I when I was coaching every client. I was going into most of the sessions, like being like, fuck, like, I've actually got, to, I've actually got to gear myself up for this. I wasn't looking forward to it because they were dickheads. Um, or like when I was posting content, I'd be like, oh, like, oh, how can I make sure that I don't like tread on anyone's toes? Like, because I don't want to piss anyone off. And it's like, no, like you need to use you as a filter. And for the people that are literally like, what are you doing? Like, you can't say that, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's not professional. They just fall through the fucking cracks. But there'll be people that will love that authenticity. Like they'll fucking love it. And it, 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 it takes a long time to, to be like that, but that really helped me with my delivery, my content and me as a person. Yeah, no, that's really good. Actually. Um, I don't know if you've come across this yet, but maybe you will soon is especially with horse riders. They are waiting to tell you you're wrong. Yeah. I can kind of believe that to be fair. I'm probably going to come yeah. across more, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been I've been corrected on my form in joke videos because they're so ready to tell you you're wrong. They haven't even realized that I'm making a joke. Really? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Unsolicited advice. I'm is so fucking interesting. Like someone <laughs> dropped into my client's DMs the other day and she was doing uh, cleans. Um, mm. And she was saying, I think, on her story that she was getting bruises on her shins. And he was like, you shouldn't be getting bruises on your shins. She was like, okay, why? He was like, this doesn't even make sense. He was like, it means your knees are going over your toes. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, like, you know, your knees can't go over your toes. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was just like unsolicited advice. I'm like, yeah, some people just, yeah. Whether that comes from an insecurity, I don't know. But it's just like, if I didn't ask for it, you can fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, um, I've actually, it's one of my best, best performing videos and it is a joke video. So now I deliberately make it shown that it's not actually, like I deliberately make, like when I post it, that it doesn't look like it's a joke um, to get people because it looks my engagement, but it's literally like rising trot, practicing rising trot on the chair. And it's done to, you know, up and down by the Venga boys. Yeah. So literally yeah. go into the pace that, and people are like, you're not sitting right, you blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, no, right, so right. you not on a chair? I also usually don't rise trot to the Venga boys, but do you? <laughs> <laughs> Some people, that's what I mean. People just like take things too seriously on social media as well. It's like lighten up, like oh, real. So funny, but it's great for the engagement. Yeah, 100%, 100%, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, right, so just before you go as well, where can everybody find you? Um, so uh, I guess I'll just plug my my instagram page is where i'm mostly active um it's crabby's underscore corner that's c-r-a-b-b-y-s underscore corner um i am on tiktok it's just, i think it's the same but i only use i literally go on it just to post the same thing so you'll get more from instagram 
um yeah and that's it yeah once yeah, you click follow you're in by the way like <laughs> yeah. i literally I, yeah that's it yeah yeah i actually specifically follow followed you over on my horse one because i'll actually see more of the content <laughs> yeah have you got two pages yeah i have two pages because i so i will plug them while i'm at it <laughs> so, so I'm chrissy h fitness which is my original page which was kind of general fat loss stuff um, and then I have Strong in the Saddle, which is specifically horse related content. So on Instagram, it's Strong in the Saddle with an underscore because someone got to it before me. <laughs> um, and then on TikTok, it's just Strong in the Saddle. And that's where you'll see all like horse related content and um, a lot of jokes that equestrians will get. Um, yeah. And yeah, and then my website is www.chrissyhawkins.com. Oh, your website? Yeah, right. it's a very bad website, but it's there. Yeah. No, I love that. Oh, I've got one more page actually that I've just yep. opened up. It's, it's called a Question Riders Club. Um, me and my pal Brent from Newcastle, who's a movement specialist, um, started that for literally just like specific horse riding content. Um, and what you'll find everyone as well, which is really weird about the content, I'm bringing speed training to horse riding. So how horse riders sprinting fast can help with your horse riding, um, which sounds really silly, but like yeah, in a simplified uh, explanation is like one of the best ways to build and develop joint strength and um muscle resilience so like hamstring strength and all that so yeah it's something that i'm trying to like bring into the horse riding so they're like oh what's this new thing that so yeah speed training for horse riding that's brilliant yeah. <laughs> i'm actually i'm gonna go follow that as well now to see that um but uh yeah thanks again for joining us today Thank you so much for having me. It feels refreshing to uh, be on a guest of the podcast. I haven't done it in a while. So thank you very much, Chrissy. <laughs> thank you. I really do appreciate everybody who listens to this podcast. So if you please could help me with the algorithm and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And even, you know, if you want to reach out and suggest topics for me i'd be delighted to hear from you drop me a dm on instagram or tiktok and thanks again for listening mm -hmm.